What's up, everybody? This is Majet from Diva Girl Tribe, and you're listening to the Diva Girl Radio Podcast, the show that connects, supports, educates, and empowers people who want fun, unique, and diverse experiences in their lives and businesses. Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here. You could have been somewhere else doing something else, but you're here listening to me and my guest today. So, Hey, Sarah, um, tell us who you are and where can our listeners connect with you online? Hello. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. So I'm Sarah Gemmel and I am a networking expert, a speaker, you know, just an overall entrepreneur. And I'm so excited to kind of be in this season of transition. I I was an addictions counselor um, before I got into entrepreneurship as a fitness coach and, you know, things life has just led me into focusing on networking, uh, event, like I facilitate the events, I do consulting and speaking and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you can find me on Instagram. Instagram is pretty much linked to everything. It's at Sarah Gemmel underscore, um, or my website is sarahgeneco.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Sarah. I'm so happy that we get a chance to get to know you a little bit more. Yes, I'm so excited. So tell me what inspires you to do what you do and why do you keep doing it? Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is, um, this is a question that's come up a lot for me lately because being in transition is hard as an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? It gets very discouraging when you go through this season of such a big transition. And, um, I've been, I, kind of forced to think about this a lot. And I think that in entrepreneurship in general, regardless of what I'm doing, you know, what the offer is, whatever, to me, at the end of the day, if we're just being real, I don't make a good employee. (laughs) (laughs) I love the honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The corporate space, the social services space when I was an addictions counselor was very toxic for me. My personality was just not a good fit to be an employee. You know, like I'm a great person. (laughs) I am a, I was a really good counselor, but when it came to like having to follow these BS rules or working for someone who was not trauma informed and, you know, had no idea how to be a leader, that kind of stuff was hard for me. So whenever I get really discouraged in, in entrepreneurship, the real inspiration is like, okay, like this, it's literally make or break because going to be someone in someone else's employee is just not an option. You know? Like, yes, I'm here to help people. But I think when stuff get, gets really hard, what we don't hear a lot about is that drive to help people when you're struggling internally is, is not enough. If we're being honest, right? Like I know there's people who need me and I know there's people who need what I have to offer, but when I'm struggling internally, that, that just, that there's a the kind of like a dissonance there that I fight with. And I think that a lot of us do, right. And sometimes we don't want to say it out loud, but it's like, at the end of the day, this is it for me, right? Like this is it for me. I have to make this work. I'm also a single female living by myself. Like there is no other income, right? So I look at my, all of my animals and I'm like, well, if they want to get fed, (laughs) like I got to go make money, you know? (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with your, you know, your your drive to help people. Yes, you can help people being an employee, but then the power of being an uh, your own boss, right? You're as an employer or an employer or or your own boss, a business owner, is like the autonomy to do what you think is right, the autonomy to, you know, do like do it the way you want it, the way that that feels good for you. Is that what you're trying to say as well? I mean, for sure, right? So you can help people in a multitude of ways. You can help people in a way that you don't even make any money, right? Like, so maybe you're not an employee or an entrepreneur. Maybe you're helping someone through a nonprofit or, you know, through a, a religious organization or something like that, right? And I think what happens is it's you can help people in all these different ways, but what way do you help people that also protects your mental health, right? Oh, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, because for me... I was a very good counselor. I was a very, very good counselor. And I had really great relationships with people. And I was able to, you know, in in terms of addiction, I was able to get a lot of people clean. And that was great. That part was wonderful. But when you look at how much I had to fight to get there and like the toll it took on my mental health to deal with the red tape of social services, it just the the balance wasn't there for me. You know what I mean? And my mental health and actually my physical health really took a toll from, from working in social services and in corporate. Right. So it's like, how can I have the same impact on people, but in a way that protects me better? Yeah. I, I believe in that. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to be happy with ourselves. We have to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit to be able to continue giving to others. Right. yeah, no, it's 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 already tough to be working in the mental health field um, and to have your admin, your your bosses, like you know, really, um, like uh, make you fill up all this paperwork and give you all this, you know, barricades and like hurdles to jump on. Like you know, it's it's yeah. tough. Yeah, and then all yeah. you want to do is just to help people, and that kind of gets in the way of helping people. Yeah, no. Right. Like there's so much, there's so much that goes into corporate. Right. And it doesn't matter how you help people. For me, I was in social services and addictions, but it's like, there's so many um, hoops you have to jump through to do anything. And there's all these rules you have to follow. And sometimes the people making the rules, right. They, they've never done the job is one thing that happens frequently, or they're just so far removed from it. Or maybe that rule in theory makes sense. But when you're dealing with people, it needs to have some fluidity and typically we, we don't see that in corporate or whatever. And like the other thing I struggled with is I'm the queen of boundaries. Okay. I am very, very good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. My boundaries. And to, like what I dealt with, I won't say as a, a blanket statement, but what I dealt with in corporate and social services, they didn't like an employee that had clear boundaries. Oh right? yeah. Uh-huh. That struggle. That was a struggle. So like, in order for me to maintain my boundaries for my mental health. And because like you said, it, I mean, it sounds selfish. Like I'm doing all these things for me, for me, for me. Uh, yes, absolutely. I'm doing these things for me. Cause none of y'all are looking out for me. Yeah. Right? Oh my God. None of y'all Let's... care about my mental health. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so true. But, uh, yes. I am looking out for me. You know what I mean? Because when I am at peace with what I'm doing, when I'm happy in my own 
life and with myself, I'm a much better service provider, right? Like if I come in to work in a bad mood because I hate the people I work for, or, you know, I'm stressed out or whatever, right? Whatever it is, I show up differently for the client. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I learned that early on, (laughs) you know? I love that. I love that. You're the queen of boundaries. And yeah. um, it, it, I love it. And I, I, you know, like, it's so funny because I just did a live earlier today too. And all I talked, and, and for the one and a half minute that I spoke, I talked about like, um, if I could give advice to the world, or if I want to ask the y- humans of the world, anything, I want them to love themselves first, like take yeah. care of yourself so that you can, you know, you can be nice and compassionate and kind to other people and, you know, and, and, and serve others, right? But you, you're right. You got to take care of yourself first. Yeah. yeah. And boundaries are part of that. So they go hand in hand, right? Because what good is servicing all these other people if you're miserable? Like you might feel good when you're actually doing it, but when you look at the grand scheme, when you're burning yourself out physically and mentally and emotionally, I mean, you're miserable, right? And you're making yourself miserable to serve these other people, but you're serving these other people because it's what makes you feel good. And it ends up really not making any sense, but we have ourselves so convinced, especially as women, especially as women, we have ourselves so convinced that we are, we just have to serve, 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 serve. And we can so easily lose ourselves in service to other people. And that's what we have to be careful of because there is a balance. I think a lot of people get confused sometimes that, you know, you're either servicing other people or you're taking care of yourself. And there's a balance of both Uh and just, you take care of yourself does not mean you're taking anything away from these people except for the ability to break your boundaries and manipulate you into what they want you to do that's the only thing you're taking away from them (laughs) yeah 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 and that has to be taken away no i i fully agree and you know and people need to um accept that more now especially nowadays like um yeah um i love it thank you for bringing us there (laughs) you're right yeah So um, what's the end goal with all of this? What's your end goal? Um, the end goal. I, I think there's obviously a goal of like time and financial freedom. I mean, that's why we run businesses, right? We want to we wanna make money to be able to do the things that we want to do. And we want to be able to have that flexibility. Like I want to be able to go to my nieces and my nephew's soccer games if I want to. Or I want to be able to fly to this city for this whatever random reason on whatever random day, right? Um, but bigger than that, I, ha- I have this like vision for my life that is, <laughs> this is so funny because it has nothing to do with anything that I do, but it's owning an animal rescue and having like a, like a, I don't even know how big, but a property of just all of these like rescue animals that are just, you know, kind of from wherever. And there is no money really to be made in animal rescues. I mean, let's just be real, right? So I kind of have to be successful in my entrepreneurship in order to fund this passion project that I've had my my eyes set on since I was like a little girl, right? So it sounds so crazy, but I would love to just be like out in the middle of nowhere on my farm with my a million and one rescue animals. <laughs> but yeah. you know, I, and I, I think it's okay to also say like, I wanna be able to go on vacation whenever I want. And I want to be able to have nice things. And I want to be able to financially support my my family. And eventually, you know, I'll have my own family, my own kids and stuff like that. And I want to be able to contribute to that picture. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the end goal. 
Yeah, no, it's like it's giving, right? It's the cycle of giving and yeah. with boundaries, right? Like you get you give to yourself first, you fill your own cup so that you can continue giving, right? To people and to animals as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, that's again, you're coming from a space of service, right? And then at the same time, you're also, you know, you're also telling people that boundaries, take care of yourself. So it's a it's a balance, just like what you have been talking about. Yeah right? It's, it's this balance. So, so that's, that's super wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's kind of ironic, I think, right? Cause I, I talk about boundaries all the time and I'm like, we don't care what this person wants. If this breaks a boundary for you, the answer is no. Right. But it's like, then you look at everything that I do and pretty much everything I do is in service to other people. Right. Like I serve women, all the time. Like I, I served in, in addictions counseling. I served in fitness coaching. I serve in networking. The whole thing with networking, right. Is I love just connecting women together and we'll say entrepreneurs because some of my events are code, but I love connecting entrepreneurs together because those collaborations and those referrals allow their businesses to grow to where now they have time and financial freedom and they're able to help their families. And you know what I mean? So you look at everything I do is service-based and I want to build this business to collect, you know, random rescue animals. Yeah. But still maintain like I I maintain very good boundaries. So you can do both. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah totally. You can do both, ladies or gentlemen <laughs> who are listening. Yeah, you can do both. Um so what do most people misunderstand about your work you know when you think of you know networking some people think yeah. oh, networking is such a dirty word or oh, networking is like oh it's it's good right so or it's great but um yeah help us understand um more about your work like and what do okay so my question is what do people misunderstand about your work so this is a good one because I think they're the biggest misconception. There's two big misconceptions that we see in networking, right? The first one is that I've heard this a lot, like, well, you're just kind of networking all the time, right? And I don't need to go to a meeting to network, or I don't need to go to a conference or an event to network. Um, or this idea that you just innately know how to network, right? When we talk about networking, yes, you're networking all the time, but when you have a specific goal in mind of like networking to build your business, it does require um, to learn the skill. It requires to learn how to network strategically to where people are always above profit, but you're still there to grow a business, right? And I think that feeds into the second misconception, which is the people who don't attend networking events or meetings, there's a very large percentage of them who think networking events and meetings and, and networking, whatever, is spammy, it's icky, it's very transactional, and there may be meetings like that. There may be plenty of groups that are like that. They're very transactional. You don't pass a referral. You have to pay a dollar, like stupid shit, right? Those do exist, yes. They, oh, yes, they do. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? So now you, if you have an experience with a group like that, you're like, ew, I'm never doing this ever again. It doesn't work with who I am. It doesn't align with my core values. So I'm just not going to do it. But what we have to remember is networking is a lot like dating. You know what I mean? You, you have to go and try different groups and different events. Some of them you're going to not click with at all. And you're going to be like, uh, no pass, never going back there again. And then there's going to be these other meetings that after one meeting, you're like, wait a minute. Like, I think I found my people, 
You know what I mean? Like, I think I, I, you click with them. It's an energy thing and it just feels in alignment with what you're looking for. So, you know, a lot of people feel like they're just kind of networking in their day-to-day life, which they are, but that takes a lot longer. and doesn't always turn into a direct ROI. There has to be a strategy behind it and you have to learn how to develop and flex that muscle of the networking skill itself, right? And then just kind of getting over this idea that it is transactional or spammy or whatever, because you can do it in a way that's not spammy. Right, right. And, um, and I'm wondering, how can you do that without being spammy, right? Um, so- well, yeah, I, it's hard. I think it's all about, it's hard, but it's not. It's just not a tangible answer, right? So. It's all about intention and energy, yeah. right? Yeah. All about intention and energy. So when I show up to a meeting, right, I show up and my intention is not to sell to that group. Bam. Because uh-huh. no, automatically that makes me a salesperson, right? Yeah, but if that's spammy. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's where that spammy feeling comes from is feeling like you need to make a sale from every single meeting you go to, or having that in your brain of like, sell this person, sell this person. Who can I sell? Who can I, my goal when I go into a meeting, right. Is I, my goal is always to show up with the energy because I kind of branded myself at this point to be the girl with the energy, right? Like you can get from me talking. I talk loud. I talk fast and I'm excited to be here. Okay. (laughs) My intention is to always make sure that comes across. Um, But more than that, on a deeper level, my intention is always to who can you introduce me to? Who can I introduce you to? So we don't always want the intention to be how can I take, but how can I give? So my intention is, you know what? I want to do a Facebook live with someone, or I want to make sure that I can connect here, or this person was looking for this. And my intention is to find a connection for them. My intention is for myself, but also for how can I show up and give to this group? How can I offer them something? Right. So maybe at the end of the meeting, it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I'll invite this person, this person to this other meeting because they might be a good fit. And then I can introduce them to this whole new group of people. Right. And then my intention for myself might be, you know what? I just really want to get an invite to another meeting or I want an introduction to a fitness coach. Right. Right. The intention is who can you introduce me to? How can we collaborate? How can I get in front of your audience? Not. I come to the meeting and I'm looking to sell the people in the meeting because there's no longevity there. You know what I mean? Not only are you going to get labeled as spammy and honestly, people will avoid you like the plague. Okay. (laughs) They really will. You know, there's a couple people that will like, Hey, Sarah, you want to do a one-to-one? You want to get a virtual coffee? And I'm, I will find any reason not to, because when I got on the first one, they opened up a PowerPoint and they tried to sell me something done. I I will not meet with you again. And guess what? I'm not the only one doing that. When you do that to people, they don't want to talk to you. Yeah, they avoid you like you have a plate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they're, you now have cooties, right? You now have cooties in the networking space. The minute you show up and you try to sell and you have that commission breath, people are like, I'm good. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm good. Commission <laughs> breath. No, thank you for elaborating on that, right? Um, like be like the intention. Um, and again, you're coming from a place of giving, give, mm-hmm. 
service, right? But you're not losing the, you know, I got to take care of myself first. And then, you know, mm -hmm. so I, you just go back to that cycle of I'm giving, I'm serving others, right? And and the intention of not spamming and not, not just selling you something that I have or I'm selling, but it's more like, you know, I want to connect. I want to connect and see who I can connect you with and, you know, and how we can make magic together, right? Absolutely. It should always be collaborative, right? So like when I meet with you, I pay you. So this is a terrible example, but like I don't <laughs> have to pay to be in your group or I don't need to pay for your service. I don't feel obligated to do that, but I can come and I'm like, you know what? I know, um, Mary over here has been looking for a networking group in Philly, right? Or, Oh, you do events in Philly. I know 10 entrepreneurs who live in Philly and I'm going to tell them about this event because every entrepreneur most of us we love events we want yeah <laughs> because we spend so much time in our home office so that's kind of how I show up with it right is like I don't feel obligated to buy from the people that I network with because I'm very careful about who I keep in my space I curate my network very carefully of people who uh I know are willing and and looking to help me, but it also is so easy for me to help them. I will not network or refer to someone who I don't personally like or trust. Right, right. Absolutely not. If we don't get along, we're not gonna do business together. I'm not gonna refer to you and that's okay. Right. right? I'm gonna curate my space and I'm gonna keep the people close to me who I really trust because when I put my name on something, when I say, hey, Diva Girl's gonna take care of you, uh, they better freaking take care of you because now I just told you, right? So if I don't know and like and trust you, I'm not going to refer to you. Yeah, 100%. So you keep that circle curated. It doesn't have to be small. I have a very big entrepreneur circle. I don't think it has to be small. I just think it has to be carefully curated. And then it makes you excited to show up and it makes it easy for you to figure out how to work together and collaborate and guest coach here and Facebook lives here and podcasts there. Like, all these cool things without the obligation to buy from each other because that's not what it is right. if we buy from each other that's an added bonus yeah yeah i love that um carefully curate your space with the people mm -hmm. you want to be around with yeah yeah awesome so what's your way of showing up for yourself every single day you've been talking about like you know boundaries and taking care of yourself so you can continue giving to others right so what's your way of showing up for yourself sarah Oh boy, how do I show up for myself? Right now I'm in a season of giving myself a lot of grace, but also giving myself a little bit of tough love. I, I have learned one thing about myself is I can go two extremes, right? Either I'm like overworking the hell out of myself or I'm like, you know what, I deserve rest. And it's like, no girl, you've been resting for three and a half weeks. Like let, let's get up and do something, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and no, oh, I deserve to sleep in for the 10th day in a row. Um, and I find that I can go so extreme, right? To, to one side. So I'm in this, I'm in a space where I give myself a lot of grace to not be perfect because I'm very hard on myself. And you know, that when those feelings of like not being enough comes up, I think the biggest thing, biggest thing for me is mental health. How do I protect my mental health? And usually my mental health is destroyed by me right? Like I'm the one who's all up in my head. I'm the one who's self-sabotaging. I'm the one who doesn't think I'm doing enough, right? It's all me. So I have to, in order to show up for myself, I have to figure out, okay, what does Sarah need today? You know, and I have to be okay with 
I didn't get everything to, to, on my to-do list done today. At some point, that tough love will have to come in and it will have to get done, right? But I have to give myself that grace when I do want to rest or guess what? My text messages don't get answered very quickly and that's okay, right? Because I get overstimulated and I have to show up for me by allowing myself to recover from overstimulation instead of thinking to myself, oh my God, this person didn't get a text back right away or it's been three days since I talked to this person. Is that their ideal situation? No, I would love to answer every single message within five minutes. That does not work for me, right? And I have to give myself that grace. And I talk about boundaries, right? When you come into my, my personal life or even as, and as a client, I will tell you, here's my response time, right? Like here's my response time for emails and text messages. I'm not the person living in her inbox because I will literally claw my eyeballs out when I'm alone at home. but that's kind of where I'm at right now with making sure I show up for myself is checking in with like what does Sarah's mental health need yeah and and, uh, uh, thank you for sharing that and I think that is something that everyone can ask themselves right on a regular basis like what does my own mental health need right right now or how is my mental health state right my mental state right now right and you know and then give yourself that grace um yeah. you know what i say is like that loving kindness and compassion give that to you first before mm-hmm. you, before you give that to anyone or you can't even give that to others if you don't give yourself those things first so not not truly right no, you'll, you'll be resentful you'll right be, that's yes. thing. if we don't have boundaries we'll be resentful so it's absolutely and i think you know you have to you have to ask you have to first of all consciously ask yourself that which a lot of us forget to do right but then you also have to have this level of self-awareness to know the answer right so if you say to yourself how's my mental health you know how is my mental health what do I need right now how am I feeling right now you have to have this self-awareness to be able to answer that and a lot of people struggle with that right so it's like when I think about how I'm feeling right now it's like okay I'm feeling anxious Why am I feeling anxious? I was triggered by this specific thing, right? Or I'm feeling X, 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 X. Because if we can't properly identify how we're feeling or what we need, it's a non-starter, right? It's a non-starter. Like if I'm feeling like, you know what? I need more rest today and my self-awareness is off. It's like, no, you don't need more rest. You need to get up and you need to do something, right? You need to, a body in motion, right? Yeah, yeah. Or is it legit? Or do you actually need a rest? Like you have to be able to answer that question. And I think doing the work to become self-aware, which is not fun work, if we're being honest, it's hard, yeah. right? Because you have to look at a lot of different parts of yourself that you might not fully be in love with yet, but you have to have that self-awareness and develop that self-awareness in order to be able to answer that question to where it can actually serve you. If you ask yourself that with no self-awareness, it ain't going to do shit for you. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. That inner work, that deep work that we all need to to do to be able to become aware of who we are and what we need. Um, and, and, you know, and with that, you know, we give ourselves that grace that you're talking about, right? What you give yourself, like you give yourself that grace of like when you feel some type of way, acknowledging uh-huh. it, like what you said, acknowledging it, pausing and just acknowledging it and learning where that trigger is coming from, like be, being able to recognize that, right? For us to get there, we need to 
be self-aware and to be self-aware we need to have uh be, we need to be able to do the work or we have done the work um i i agree with you totally 100 yeah. percent yeah oh all right i love talking about mental health and you know i'm a trauma therapist so all i do is you know is it's the inner work right and it's it's not easy work it is definitely not easy work yeah it's not and you know it really i think um it gets glamorized and there's just nothing glamorous about it. I mean, it really is hard. It's draining. It it makes you examine hard things. You know what I mean? But it's in the end, it's worth it. And, you know, you just have to kind of get over that hump of doing it, get in the routine of doing it. And when we talk about like trauma and, you know, mental health and self-care, that's a, a deep conversation. But we can even talk about in networking you need to be self-aware, right? Like how many people tell you, oh, networking doesn't work for me. And then I'll listen to the way they introduce themselves or the way they show up in a meeting. It's like, okay, you showed up, your introduction was off. You didn't pay attention to anyone else. You didn't give any referrals. You only showed up once. You didn't schedule any one-to-ones from that meeting, right? So like, was it really the group or was it you? Yeah. And I Tough love, the emphasis on the love, right? And I'm telling you this because I'm right. Just trust me, I'm right, okay? Because if you change the way you introduce yourself, if you showed up to be a little bit more excited and you had a better follow-up system, I guarantee it would have been a different result, yeah. right? So we have to have that self-awareness of like, what could I have done better? Where it's so easy as humans to just be like, well, they didn't pass me referrals, I'm not going back. Right, yeah you know, or the personal life stuff is a lot, is a lot deeper and more complicated, but it's the same thing, right? Like, it's not that the other person did all these things to you. It's that you might not have mastery over your emotions yet, you know? Yeah. 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 Totally. It's like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Looking at the mirror and a lot of people don't want to look at the mirror. It's always blaming others. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. So, what are, what like tell me what are the three unique skills that helped you become successful? Ooh, okay. Um, three unique skills that made me become successful. One is definitely my level of <laughs> my level of self awareness. Perfect segue. Uh, I am probably the most self aware person you'll ever meet in your life, and I think that's helped me a lot in my personal life relationships. But it's also helped me a lot in business. I'm very good at knowing what I'm good at, what I'm not. Um, I can usually pretty easily identify what's working and what's not, so that I know exactly where to go for help um, or who to look to for help. That kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The second thing is definitely my personality, which I think my personality has been one of those things that I have never really let it affect me to where people call me too much or too this, too that, right? But my entire life, it's been, you're too loud, you're too aggressive, you're too intimidating, you're too bossy, you're too much, right? Like you're too much for me. Um, you're too moody. You're too this, like just whatever it is. And I do have a per big personality. It's a lot to digest for people, but I've turned that into something that works really, really well for my business. And just to even run a business, you have to be an audacious, audacious bitch to run a business. Okay. Like you, you're not going to last if you don't have the, the gumption or the audacity to, first of all, even think you can, 
right? Like that belief in yourself comes from a little bit of audacity and a whole lot of ballsiness. <laughs> and, and now it's like, and I, when I show up for people, when I serve other people, I have such a, that big personality comes out in compassion and in kind of challenging the way that people think and the way that people perceive things. I'm a type eight on the Enneagram, right? So I'm a challenger and I'm really, I'm also a Libra. So these two things, I'm able to like challenge your way of thinking, but also shift your perspective in a way that will completely change your life. Um, so between my self-awareness, my big personality, and the second one on this is going to sound kind of corny, but my ability to network, my ability to network and connect people and to I have such a good ability to build rapport with people quickly like I can make friends first time you met we're already best friends like let's go you can text me anytime you need to like we can key key it up we're like and it's not fake right I'm a very genuine energy so it's really easy for me to build that rapport and before I even focused on the networking when you're talking about you know when I was in fitness I was able to become 100% self-employed I got myself to five figure months because I was good at networking yeah. right when I made the transition I got through the transition or am getting through the transition transition with my network right and now that I'm focusing on networking and my speaking engagements are picking back up all of that is from my ability to build relationships with people and to because I nailed down the strategy behind how I network too I'm not just you know flailing around right um yeah no I love that and it's like you know you you put like the last thing that you said you put the um the network, your network is your net worth. Like it's, it's like, like you, you know, the strategies, you have the skills and this is the unique skills that you have and you used your self-awareness, your audacious, you know, audacious bitch. I love that. It's a hashtag audacious bitch, right? Like, you know, like, um, and, and, you know, and for you to be able to use your network to, um, to, to live the life that you want. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, no, that's, that's why you're successful. I love it. Yeah. So, <laughs> can you tell us one thing about yourself that most people are, don't know about you? Um, one thing that most people don't know about me, I, it's so interesting. I get labeled. So this has nothing to do with my business. I guess it kind of does, but, um, most people label me as an extrovert because I mean, just from this conversation, like, oh, she's an extrovert, right? Because I'm very yeah. out. I love people and I really do. I thrive on being around other people and I love speaking and I love facilitating and all these things, right? But what a lot of people don't know is I'm actually an ambivert. So the amount of alone time that I require is very, very high. And you, if you could be a fly on the wall in my apartment when I'm by myself, I literally sit in silence with my cats and I just chill. Like, I, I don't watch TV. I do watch TV and listen to music, but typically when I'm like very overstimulated, I don't listen to music. I don't uh, have the TV on. Like I will literally just sit in silence on the couch with my cats. And I just have this very high need for alone time. Um, and I get very overstimulated very easily because I'm actually um, unmedicated ADHD. And that learning to get that under control while running a business is a whole nother awesome conversation, but that leads to a lot of overstimulation. 
And a lot of people don't know that because I think they, what they see is that outgoing side of me, right? Which is fine. And this, this is genuine, but this is only a part of who I am. That other part of me is overstimulated AF and needs a lot of alone time. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you for sharing. Yeah. That. That's where you find your balance, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so if your life could take a radical turn, what would it be? Oh, it's so funny. I knew this question was coming. Um, it's, it's still hard. <laughs> I think that the biggest thing, um, for me right now, as we talk about, you know, this transition and, as entrepreneurs, we normal, we have to normalize the struggle of being an entrepreneur when it comes to this roller coaster of emotions. And I think the biggest radical change for me would be on a personal level, get like being able to further the, my own mastery of my own emotions to where it doesn't affect my work as much. And then that you know, having that personal shift, allowing that to really help me grow the business more, right? Get better control over my self-sabotage. Cause that's something I don't, I know for a fact, self-sabotage doesn't go away, right? A hundred percent of us are going to self-sabotage ourselves, but can you decrease the severity and frequency in which you self-sabotage yourself? And that's something that I'm working on too, is like, how radically would my life change if I could just get a hold of this one self-sabotaging behavior that I've been able to identify? I know it's there, right? But it's like, think about that shift in how much money I can make, how many people I can serve. And then like these two things, right? Money and, and servicing people. How does that change my life? What does that look like in the apartment that I live in or the house that I buy or the car that I drive or the vacations that I can go on or the gifts that I can buy my sister for her birthday? Like stupid stuff. It's stupid, not really, but um, yeah. I think that it all starts with mastering even further your emotions, your self-sabotage, your self-care because that stuff is not, there's not an end point to that right? I might be an expert at self-care and boundaries and all these things, but I still need to work on it too. And I think that the most radical shift in my life would come from that, but that most importantly, the effect that would have on my business. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for being vulnerable around that topic, right? Um, yeah. And that is a tough question, <laughs> right? To answer. And, and you're able to articulate like how that would look like for you, right? Yeah. And it's um, and it's being able to, um, it, what I'm getting from it is that we're in this journey of continued work, right? Working on ourselves um, yeah. for us to be better, to do better, and to grow, right? Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, and it's you know, and and, and with working <clears throat> with our working on ourselves, like you know, as we grow, like our business grow as well. Is that right? Did I get that right? Absolutely. Because it's like, you can't, first of all, you can't run a business without the personal side of things, right? Like you really can't run a business without understanding your trauma, your fears, your limiting beliefs, like you really can't. But it's so interesting because the self-work you do to get started is not going to get you to the next level once you've reached a certain point, right? So it's like, I have been very successful in entrepreneurship. I've been very happy with the businesses I've built. I mean, they've been hard, right? It's, it's all been hard. 
I genuinely enjoy it. And I've genuinely been able to create success. So I love where my business is. But when you say like, how could your life radically turn? It's like, well, my life would dramatically be different if I could do the self-work to get my business from, I like this business and it's cool and it's cute and it's successful to like, holy shit, she did what? Uh (laughs) You know, and like, we tend to play small to where it's like, well, as long as my bills are paid, I'm good. Mm-hmm. No, stop telling yourself that limiting belief. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is okay to be a woman and especially a single woman. And to say, I want to drive a nice car and I want to be able to buy a house on my own. And I want to be able to go on extravagant vacations. It's okay to say that, right? We don't have to play small. That's not a rule anymore. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes we get caught up in like, this is enough. Like, this is cute, you know, and we convince ourselves that we're happy with where we're at and we're not grateful if we keep striving for more. Cause like, well, look at what you have. Like you can be grateful and never satisfied. Right. You know, what a great, like (laughs) what a great nugget, like to, to remind women, right. Mm -hmm. Society have programmed us to play it small. Yeah. 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 No, no, that's over. That's old school. Yeah. No, no. It's all about like, wow. Like you're, you're like surprising yourself and like, not even surprising, but amazing. Like you're like, whoa, holy shit. I'm amazing. Like, oh my God, I did that. Yeah. No, um, true. Yeah. 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 And unlearning the playing small part, right. The self-sabotaging, like unlearning those stuff. It's not easy work, but it can be. No. Yeah. it all feeds into the belief in yourself, right? So you can have this vision for your life. You can have this vision for your business, but you need to flex that muscle of believing in yourself. And the belief in yourself needs to get bigger as the vision gets bigger. And that's where it gets so difficult, right? Is because we stop believing in ourselves and our ability to grow this and to do something that's like, wait a minute, like show stopping versus that's cute. She's an entrepreneur. She pays her bills. She like has a little bit of front. You know, she was on a boat yesterday with her friends. So she must be doing good. Like, that's cute. You know, like, no, I want to own the boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Oh, I know, like, oh my I God. Yeah. Be out there in Bora Bora on said boat whenever I want, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. we have to allow ourselves to create the bigger vision, but also you have to force yourself to create the bigger belief in yourself. And that's where this radical shift comes from is the belief in yourself and your ability to even do that. That's where the audacious bitch comes in. You have to be audacious enough to even think you can even begin to do that. Yeah. Oh my God. Those big audacious goals, right? Yeah. Yourself that you can get them and be yeah. this audacious bitch. Yeah. Ooh, oh my God. This so wonderful, Sarah. Oh my God. Preach. I love it. Oh, preach, remind women, right? All this. I, I cannot wait to put this out there and just, you know, and remind women about what they can do, how they can believe in themselves and be this audacious bitch who can have anything that they want. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah, for for being here with us, for being your authentic self, for being vulnerable, for sharing with us some great nuggets, 
some strategies, your thoughts on networking. Um, very, very valuable stuff. Um, my last question for you, yeah. or you know, any what, what will be like your last, uh, what last words would you like to say to our audience um, as we part ways? I feel like this conversation went in a lot of different directions, which tends to happen with me. You know, that happens. I'm used to it. But <laughs> I think that from this conversation, what I would hope you take away from this is one, to set the boundaries and to take care of yourself. You know, we have this whole conversation about mental health and all the things and, and be okay with setting boundaries, but also enforcing them. Um, and then when it comes to your business and networking and all these things, right? Like, from a very tangible standpoint, you need to nail down a strategy that makes sense for you and that aligns with who you are and what your core values are. Because And networking doesn't need to be your only form of marketing, but it's such a valuable way to get more visible, to get in front of more people, to grow your business, to get more referrals. It doesn't really make any sense to not be doing it, right? There's just really not a good excuse to not do it. And there's so many different ways that you can do it that looks different for everyone, but works. It doesn't have to be every week. Maybe it's once a month and it, you're allowed to do it in your own way, but you should be doing it. And you need to have a strategy. You need to be flexing that muscle and improving those skills because regardless of what we're told or what we think networking is not just what happens in your day-to-day -day life and it's not something that is an innate skill it really does require some thought and some strategy right so that's kind of what what I, what I hope you take from this is whether you're networking or not evaluate where you're at look at what's working and what's not how often are you going to meetings you know, what are you doing to nurture the people who are already in your network? Because that's important. But what are you doing to add new people to that network? And what's the quality of your network? We talked about carefully curating who's in your space. You need to carefully curate who you nurture, right? If there's someone that you had a meeting with and you thought, wow, this person is amazing. They're like the perfect business partner. I want to make sure I stay in contact with them. Uh, have you stayed in contact with them? Like when's the last time you reached out to them? When's the last time you supported them? You know, and the people who aren't in alignment with you and the people who kind of suck your soul a little bit, we just gently let them go. We don't need to say anything. We don't need to be mean or rude, but you just kind of gently let them do their thing, you know? And if you can support them, that's great. But I'm going to spend my time and energy over here with the people that I thought, wow, I want this person in my life and I want this person in my business. Yeah, wow. Thank you so much, Sarah. I can't wait to hear more from you and put you on our Diva Girl stage and have you, you know, like out there in our community. <laughs> You've got some great stuff. You really do. And, you know, and thank you. Really want everyone to get to know you more and see you more and hear from you more because, yeah, thank you. you're, you're, you're an audacious bitch. <laughs> I definitely am. Yes. <laughs> And I want to create other audacious bitches, right? We are setting healthy boundaries. We're getting ourselves visible in our business and we are allowing ourselves to create this vision and belief in ourselves that's so audacious that you, you should be labeled as an audacious bitch. That is a, I think that's the highest of compliments. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and on that note, thanks, Sarah. Yay. And see Hello. you later, Yay. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you at our upcoming events. Go to divagirltribe.com or follow us on Instagram, 
Facebook, and Twitter at Diva Girl Tribe. Become a member and join our Diva Girl 411 Facebook group.